Max, the one to watch for the best in entertainment, now has live sports with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Stream hundreds of select live games from MLB, NBA, NHL, U.S. soccer, and NCAA men's March Madness. And it's all included for a limited time with any Max subscription. After the promo period, add it for $9.99 a month. Base subscription required. On November 10th, Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson reunite on the big screen as Captain Marvel and Nick Fury to assemble the MCU's next team, the Marvels. After Captain Marvel gets her powers entangled with teenage superhero Miss Marvel and Captain Monica Rambeau, the three heroes will learn teaming up changes everything. Don't miss Captain Marvel's return November 10th in the Marvels, only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Get your tickets now. Hey listeners, want to start your own podcast? Let us tell you our favorite tool. Anchor is the one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. Here's why. Anchor lets you record and edit your show right from your phone or computer. So no matter your setup, you can start creating right now. Then it distributes your show to the most popular listening platforms like Apple and Spotify. Plus, it's the only place you can send video content to Spotify. Creators can even earn money on Anchor with ads and subscriptions. Best of all, it's all free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You are now listening to FemRegard Podcast with Tessa Markle and Carolina Alvarez. Welcome back, listeners. So we are going to talk. Tessa, welcoming back all the time. <laughs> Always welcome you guys back. We're just grateful you're coming back. Heck yeah. Um, today we're going to talk. So, okay, last season we had an episode about distribution, right? And that was mm-hmm. really kind of the classic distribution model and like self-distribution. But there's this whole like gray area now with like aggregators, which is like sort of self-distribution. But and then there's, you know, the streaming platforms, which is kind of classic distribution, but in a different way. Like, and it's it, to me, it's very confusing. I mean, I'm still learning like <laughs> so much you. about it. Yeah. And I mean, there are so many options now. With, yeah. Like, do you self-distribute? Do you have an aggregator help you reach those platforms? Because they're kind of the bridge to the other like distribution quote unquote distributors Mm -hmm. like Netflix and HBO. Yeah. I mean, like the way I understand it is aggregators are kind of like the distribution platform that you are self distributing on. You know what I mean? So you're making back the money. You're Uh paying for it to be there as opposed to like the distributor buying it from you making Making the money. Okay. That makes sense. I I mean, that's all I understand. No, that that (laughs) made it more clear. Yeah. No, that sounded definitely about right yeah so yeah it's like like as a filmmaker now you have a lot of different options and it's it's a uh, it's interesting how each one works and i think you know for for everyone now you think netflix is like where you gotta be mm-hmm. but you got to really think about your story yeah. and where you see it on and the length even. Yeah. Like what kind of thing is it? Is it a feature length film? Is it a short? Is it a series? And like, I mean, it's it's weird to me that like new media isn't really a new thing. I mean, 
five years ago, I think, is when it really like blew up, maybe. Uh-huh. And it's still like nobody really knows what to do with it or how to, you know, like web series have been around a while, but it's like, do web series really get on streaming platforms? Because then they actually turn them into real series. And, you know, it's just figuring out like how to distribute new media and all the legalities of that and stuff. Like, it's crazy to me that that's still such a gray area. You know, and I actually um, went to a workshop the other day with um, We Make Movies. They give free workshops weekly, I believe, um, or you can also join the membership program. But they had brought someone on that was talking about kind of like the self-distribution streaming route. And, you know, he's saying that right now series are the thing. You know, meanwhile, what you and I have kind of heard is that it's a lot harder to get your series on a streaming platform. Now, granted, I think he was leaning a little more towards aggregator Mm self-distribution. But, you know, it's again, it's like nobody really knows. (laughs) Nope, guys. So I guess what you're finding out is no one has an answer for you. Yeah. So I mean, we certainly don't yet. When we do, I will tell you. (laughs) Yeah, no, of course. And again, I think the reason why we get so many different answers and responses to this is because they and what i'm noticing in the mm-hmm. pattern is they have a specific genre they have a specific time length they have like a, it, the story is for it's created for that kind of platform mm-hmm. so i think it does like you know like the for example um with uh our guest alexander boyland for mm-hmm. example like hers with her christian based film Mm -hmm. you know yeah i could totally see that selling off the shelves of walmart you know like going to a dc and then having it distribute that way yeah versus um versus putting it on the documentary (laughs) like style that's really hot right now for the streaming like Mm -hmm. platforms or if now like you're you're have your own niche of filmmaking that's working for the amazon Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, even if you look at, like, the major streaming platforms, they all kind of have their own style or go through certain phases. You know, like Netflix, Netflix changes a lot. Like, right now it's big into the documentaries or, like, based on a true story, at least, and their originals. Whereas, like, Amazon kind of takes more risks, I feel like, with, like, their original content. Um, Hulu was just bought out by Disney, so Lord knows where that's going to go, you know. (laughs) But they kind of tend to concentrate more on, like network tv kind of stuff i feel like you know so they all have different vibes they all have different um trends you know that they go through and stuff which i think is a filmmaker it's important to take note of those Mm -hmm. trends and i mean certainly do what you're passionate about but then at least know where maybe you can start your process of where is this the best place for me to be Mm -hmm. and then like i mean it was it was do the film festival route and also see if you get picked up by you know anybody too yeah it's like we had talked about this in season one too it's knowing like what your end goal is with your film you know is it do you are you looking for the film festivals and the awards are you looking to just get it out there and get your story told are you looking to make money are you looking to make money in a way that it's you know more people seeing it but you making less money Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. you making more money but maybe less people seeing it you know like just having that in mind before you even make the film I think is really helpful and then obviously will help you a lot when it does come to that you know distribution and getting it out there because I mean like you know for us I had mentioned the series versus the feature and stuff like do you want to talk about how our current project we've like switched back and forth so many times based on advice from people yeah 
like Tessa and I are in this little interesting um, phase of the pre-pre-production, of course. And it's, you know, we have an, an idea mm-hmm. for a story, but then, you know, what's hot really right now is is the series. And, and so we were exploring, you know, the episodic style mm-hmm. um, stories. And so we're like, okay, like Netflix is going to be our like, you know, end goal. But then we're like, how in the world are we actually going to get get on there? It's super competitive. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to you have to be a little bit more established. Uh, so we think and and like, you know, have like an agent come to you and figure that out. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what's cool about kind of our last guest is also like, you know, just being out with the film festival circus. If your work is really good, it's going to stand out. And sure, an agent may approach you. But I think another good way, then we, we you know, we flopped back to um, a feature and, and we're like, well, we could always turn this into a feature length and then you actually can profit a decent mm-hmm. amount back as well. And then you have a good reputation because you have to keep mining, you know, if your feature sells really well, like your, especially your first one, which is why it's super important to like be really picky on how you go about your first one, because that really sets you off to a start. Not that... An, you know, it has to be like amazing, but at least mm-hmm. if you can profit something back, yeah. you can then have a good rapport yeah. to, you know, Netflix, people like at Netflix or yeah. Amazon or, you know, HBO, they can, they can see, okay, they've, they have done stuff they've sold or, mm-hmm. you know, they just trust you if you're like creating one of their originals or whatever it yeah. may be. So we've been back and forth because we're like, yeah, do, do we just try to go for something episodic? But I think a, a really good advice I heard recently was just, you know, if you do an episodic and then you just have it almost like just this just this short form thing and mm-hmm. it doesn't end up on Netflix, it's like, what do you do with that? You can't just sell it, really. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you can try to use it as a pitch deck, but it's always easier to then just, I think, more easier, sensible to do the whole feature and then, like, you can always cut that down, at least, and mm-hmm. use it as a pitch deck. But you have the whole thing and you can actually sell it and make something with it. So I think I, I think that's why we swapped back a little bit to the, yeah. the shout out to Mateo who on the show. <laughs> give us some um, advice, <laughs> some great advice. Um, and I mean, we've, that was always our beginning goal, but then we're like, Oh, Netflix. Yeah. I mean, you've heard some interesting feedback too. I think. Yeah. I mean, like, and, and that's the problem. Well, the problem and it, maybe not, we don't, it, you yeah. know, everyone's going to say something different. Exactly. You get different advice from everyone and it's like, maybe, you know, this worked for this particular project and didn't for this, but maybe that's just the project. Like, it's so hard to know who's actually right, you know? Yeah. So we're, we're in this little funk zone, but I do think, I mean, our, I've read, you know, books, if you, you know, listen to season one, like everyone really did kind of get their start with features. And Mm -hmm. I think that does really help because it helps you I think in general as a filmmaker know your start to end like you have the full you've worked on a full complete story Mm -hmm. and you have that there I mean with an episodic you got to do the same thing but I think it just structure and setting you off to a good start so I think that was yeah, I think that's the way to go as of now. Yeah, <laughs> as of right now. We'll let you know. We might we'll get some different guys. advice. Or if you guys have heard anything that we haven't talked about, any more advice that you guys have learned and any classes or experiences you've had, like, please let us know because uh, we still want to know more. And then we'll shout it out on the yeah. show. Like, hey. And yeah. I mean, we're like, 
we've been doing a lot of research too on smaller streaming platforms, especially aggregators and stuff like that. Um, Cause you know, we all know the big ones, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon prime, um, you know, Netflix, I think is still really the front runner, but Hulu's probably going to get a lot bigger now that Disney's bought it. We yeah. don't really know where that's going to go. Amazon though. I think Amazon is so cool because like they're streaming. I, really highly doubt is where they make most of their money. I mean, they make so much money doing everything else, right? So they're willing to take more risks. They're willing to buy the indie films because they're like, oh, yeah, we're already making billions of bucks. We'll put this one on here. It's good. We like it, even though mm-hmm. it might not make them a ton of money. Um, who knows that, how long that's going to last? But I think that's really, <laughs> you know, a cool thing. They're still doing indie stuff. I just watched this like indie, not that great quality short on Amazon that like the story was really fun and I liked it, but I was like, how did this get on Amazon? (laughs) But that's a great example, you know, that they are willing to take those risks and stuff. And then, you know, the smaller platforms, there's so many coming out. I mean, you have like Vimeo on demand, VHX, Distriber, Quiver, The Orchard, Film Buff. I mean, these are just ones we like found on a Google search recently. Yeah. And they all, again, have a unique platform the style, just the length. Like again, I, I, I would say my our one advice I think for, like if you're starting this process is to learn what the niche is in mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, platform, whatever it is, maybe. Yeah. Because it, yeah, it was unique. Like what they kind of focus on and and what they do for you mm-hmm. as far as returns too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's the thing. Again, it's figuring out. You know, how are you? Obviously, you want to get your movie distributed and out there, but are you in it to make the money? Are you in it for the views? Because, you know, that's all going to determine. And like we learned something today, too, that like Netflix, for example, if they buy your film, let's say film series, I'm sure it applies to as well or whatever. But if they buy it as a Netflix original, then they own it. And that's the only place you can have it out. But if they don't buy it as an original, you can still be selling it on like iTunes and Amazon and mm-hmm. whatever. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's certain ones they won't let you sell it on. I don't know all the details of it, but that's that's a really cool thing, I think, because that allows yeah. the filmmaker more freedom and, you yeah. know, to get more out of it. That wait, which is like nice. <laughs> you know, you mm-hmm. you work so hard in investments, baby. It's nice to know that you have that option. So there's advantage. I'm sure there's also like you probably have to self pocket then all that to make the film, mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe a Netflix original. But at least you know you can still make it back then. Mm-hmm. You know, with having those that op- opportunity to put it on the other platforms. Yeah, absolutely. I've been hearing a lot about Quiver and Distriber. Those seem to be kind of the two big ones to look at when you're putting your film out there and self-distributing. Um, I couldn't tell you how to use them yet, <laughs> but those are the names I've been hearing a lot. And it's interesting. Uh, we have a note that Quiver Digital works with Seed and Spark. So mm-hmm. if you're fundraising, and I've I've done some Seed and Spark research when it comes to campaigning to raise money for your films it's that's the kind of platform mm-hmm. um kind of like the other one what's the other one called for fundraising campaigning i mean there's a ton but like kickstarter indiegogo yeah you, yeah so it's like one of those in case you aren't familiar i know it's seed and spark has become more popular but mm-hmm. it's, it's still, still growing on, it's, it's still, still growing new. so yeah. um and what i really like about it is you have to only make 80 percent to then keep the money but then you um 
80 percent okay you know what i'm gonna just stop right here i can't remember <laughs> i forget the, the numbers i forget too, the numbers they're like a but flexible they're, plan. they're flexible yeah. plan and um and apparently they um partner with quiver digital for distributing so mm-hmm. it's a great resource and i think a, like another great reason why to campaign on them because they really do help support the filmmakers like even after if it if it works again i have to look into the logistics on how that all comes mm-hmm. together but i i it's it's an interesting platform so definitely look into those opportunities if you're trying to campaign as well and mm-hmm. see oh well then there's distribution opportunities through there yeah because i've been hearing a lot of um <laughs> that you know the old model of taking your films to festivals even the big festivals like most of the films that come out of, you know, Sundance, for example, already have those distrib- distribution deals. So taking your films to film festivals, even the big ones to find distribution, isn't really how it works anymore. You know, it's it's not really the classic models that we've all been taught. <laughs> you know, things are definitely changing. I mean, I had someone the other day tell me that like foreign pre-sales, which we've been taught are like the big way to make your money when you're like doing the classic distribution model aren't even a thing anymore like they're dying out you know so it's just so much is changing and nobody really knows what the answers are yet because it's still changing and -hmm. especially with new media you know but yeah i mean i still i think like finding a sales agent is probably still really smart if you're doing more major distribution know really how they should be keeping on the upkeep with what's gonna work better for you and they'll have the relationships again which is Mm -hmm. huge exactly to to getting you yeah and i mean like with netflix specifically i've heard a lot too about how picky they are about not just you know the films that they take the quality of them and stuff but like what camera you use what you know studio you did your adr and like all of these random things like there's so many technical things that you have to meet that again keep in mind uh, yeah Yeah. if that's you're doing it if that's your goal yeah like you have to make sure you're using the correct camera even from the get-go so that's something to keep in mind i don't know how picky the other ones are but i know netflix is again yeah do your research on the the platform you want to go to and make sure you're checking off all those boxes Mm -hmm. um yeah, I know for me, it's this is all like very frustrating to talk about because it's like, OK, well, I just want to know the answers. <laughs> you know? I want to know how to get this on Netflix. Should we make it a feature? Should we make it a series? You know, that's I, right before we started like recording this, like I did a big sigh. And I was like, what's wrong? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this topic because it's been such a pain in our butts yeah. about like figuring out, OK, what's going to what is the answer? But again, I I, I feel like trying to do a feature which is always going to be a sellable product and you can then oh later break down into an episode i mean in general you should have different versions of your stories ready for pitching so that Mm -hmm. way you can really play ball it's actually pretty common too to like try to get different like versions of the script done and that's what we've been doing in the past too yeah on accident but it happens (laughs) we just change our mind you know short to feature why not like how much money do we have okay (laughs) five minutes it is yeah no it's a yeah so that's been our journey and speaking of journeys um tessa what what's going on girl what can our listeners know about the life of tessa the 
producer. Oh boy, you know, on that grind. Um, for those of you that are in LA or New York or any kind of market like that, like especially if you're an actor or filmmaker, like you guys know you have to be on the grind all the time. Like I've been working my day job like crazy. Um, thankfully, Same. I have been doing some acting projects, mostly just for friends. So, you know, no pay. <laughs> but it's still, you know, a rewarding thing to do. I had a great audition the other week, which I didn't book, but it was a callback and they gave me great feedback. So, you know, that's that's somewhat of a mood booster. A victory. Yeah. yeah, when you can get feedback, girl. So you work that camera. <laughs> <laughs> trying, girl, trying. What about you? What have you been up to? Uh, so, yeah, the grind, of yeah. course. Mm-hmm. And it's just something I've I've been in a rut with is like having this full-time job that's not related into the industry but like helps fund things Mm -hmm. and like it's like this it almost feels like a catch-22 it's like well it gives me money to like do these Mm self-funded projects but then it's like I'm feel like I'm wasting my time Mm -hmm. most like 10 hours of the day yeah so um it's it's like right now I'm I'm trying to find my transitioning job and I've like picked up from our projects like skills on on editing which is great when you know again when you're starting out as an independent filmmaker to to do like try to you can totally film things for like cheap like Mm -hmm. and it helps you get grounded and build your skills so I've like actually started really enjoying the finally kind of the editing process. It it was like a love hate. I'm glad you do because I still don't. (laughs) But I, I, because I, as you learn here from some of our our listeners and hopefully future listeners, I find that because I, you know, actor, storyteller background, there is so much storytelling that you do through editing. Oh, absolutely. So I'm, I'm, we, plan on having a future guest next mm-hmm. for for editing and i like i'm really excited for it because i that's some, a process part of the process that i've really enjoyed and yes the technical stuff can get really aggravating with a really slow piece macbook not pc <laughs> sorry guys if you're a pc player but um i i was just like it, it's kind of fun and, and then i get a little like i if i'm just doing it myself i really like to get funky with it so mm-hmm. i also enjoy playing with the colors and and the transitions but um yeah so that like I, i'm trying to break into that space as maybe like assistant editor if anyone's hiring <laughs> or um or then i'm like you know maybe it's time i just start doing some pa jobs and like you know, mm-hmm. at least I'm on the production set and there's directors there and, you know, you can you're building still those relationships and I'm and, still yeah. doing stuff for myself with them regards. Mm-hmm. So it's I it's an interesting time for me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I that is what's up. And can because then I can be more flexible too and go mm-hmm. out there and audition more. Cause right. Like I just can't with this full time job. Yeah. So guys i just know if you're doing that just know you're gonna get stuck (laughs) yeah i mean how do you guys deal with that like we'd love to hear you guys experience and just you know i know we all have the survival jobs and the golden handcuff kind of jobs and stuff and you know for those of you that have left those jobs and just dove right in like i'd love to hear how that worked for you guys too and 
I mean, we'll we'll take your advice too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Coming away. Yes. Um, um, so to end really quickly, just to throw in our little inspiration, mm-hmm. um, I went to one of those movies on the rooftop last night. Um, for those of you guys that are in LA, if you haven't done that yet, there's a few places that do it. It's really cool. For those of you that aren't in LA, think of it as a drive-in, but without the car. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's super fun. Um, but we Where saw, did you go? I went to the Mo- Montalban. I'm not sure if that's how you say it, but it's in Hollywood. Um, It's a theater. They do the rooftop movies all through the summer and then they do just like regular older movies usually I believe inside. Um, My favorite uh, real quick is Cinespia in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery Mm -hmm. guys. So for you who aren't you know in LA you can be jealous. Um, No it sounds creepy actually. (laughs) No it's super fun. I love that place too. I love it. You have a picnic and it's outdoors and Mm -hmm. you're not really feeling like you're in a graveyard because there's like a DJ yeah (laughs) it's like yeah super fun like that but anyways tell us tell us more um so i saw casablanca which i that was the first time i had ever seen it um i mean of course there's so many classic quotes that i knew were from that movie already you know of course um but i just i love those old hollywood movies and the way that people act in them like Mm. the acting style and the Mm -hmm. way that people speak like men's voices don't sound like that anymore (laughs) You know? It's just not as sexy. It's no. always like, damn, ma, what's good? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, yeah. But, but yeah, <laughs> so that's, I mean, that inspires me. It's like that cool, the golden Hollywood era throwback. Like, it's just so beautiful for me to watch and to listen to. So <laughs> That's so great. Okay, Tessa, it, like you suitors out there, you now know how to speak her language. If you come to me talking like Humphrey Bogart, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. I, I definitely definitely want to check out that venue then because mm-hmm. I, I love the classics. So yes, you all should do it too. Absolutely. But thanks guys for listening and we will see you next time with an extra special guest. Thanks for listening to Femme Regard podcast. If you like what you hear, tune in next time for more tips on the filmmaking business and insightful conversations with industry professionals over tea. We can only grow with your support, so please subscribe, share, rate, and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. If you leave us a great comment, we might give you a shout-out on the show. For more on us, check us out at femregard.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.